Good morning. You are listening to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City podcast. I'm Pastor John Witham. Due to the COVID-19 novel coronavirus, we have decided for the safety of our congregation and for the general public to suspend services for March 22nd and March 29th. And so instead, we are recording this podcast uh, that's a mini worship service. It consists of our uh, music and youth director, Melissa Mellinger, who will have a song for us, our church moderator, Jim Leatherman, who will lead us in a prayer, and then I will proclaim God's word this morning. Uh, wherever you are listening to this, we pray for your safety, we pray for your security, uh, and we pray for God's blessings on you in this difficult time. in prayer. Dear Father, we come before you, you who are ruler of the universe, you who are king, you who are the great I am. And Lord, we're in a situation that has a lot of people, some in a panic, some unsure sure of what the future will be. And Lord, I ask that you would put peace in their life. Help us to be prudent, but yet to put our trust and hope in you. And Lord, I pray for the members of this congregation, each and every one of them, 
that during this time that you would bless them and that, if possible, their life would be a blessing to someone else. Lord, I thank you for all that you do for us. I ask that you be with us as we now do another podcast. I ask that you be with our pastor today as he brings the word of his message. And I ask us as church members that while we are not able to meet, that we get some rest. And during that time that we get into your word, Lord, and we pray. And Lord, I know you will send showers of blessing upon us. I ask that you be with us. We don't know what the future will hold as far as meetings, but we're coming into Easter Sunday soon, and I ask that we reflect upon that, exactly what you did, that great gift of love that you've given to each and every one of us. And Lord, I just thank you for who you are. In your precious name, amen. Thank you, Melissa and Jim. If you are listening to us, we don't know when we will be able to meet again. Uh, We hope soon. Uh, And when we are able to meet again, uh, we hope that you will worship with us uh, at First Baptist Church of Oregon City, 819 John Adams Street, Oregon City, Oregon. 1030 on Sunday morning is our normal worship service, but you can listen to this worship service wherever you are, whenever you are. Our scripture for this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And we've been traveling with Jesus along uh, the way to Jerusalem. All the way back in chapter 9, he said that he He set his face resolutely for Jerusalem. And so we are following along, and we're almost there. Uh, We're getting very close. And so here we are in Luke 17. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the time of Jesus having leprosy, 
was a tremendously difficult thing. Leprosy is a skin disease that causes white ashiness on the skin and can eventually, if left untreated, lead to losing digits, toes, hands, shoulders, knees, and toes, um, you know, all of the things that are mentioned in the song. And when in the scripture, when it uses the word leprosy, there's a large number of infectious skin disorders that are mentioned uh, under the banner of leprosy. Some of them treatable, some of them not. So in the law, in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, are prescriptions for what to do if you think you are healed of your leprosy and things that you need to do. But until you're healed, you are an outcast. You live with other people who have leprosy. You are required to announce your leprosy to anybody who passes by or anybody that you happen to pass by. You can't go to the temple for worship. You can't go to the synagogue for worship. You can't get food at the market when other people are around because you might infect them. Sometimes when we read scriptures like this, they're so culturally different, they're set in such a different culture that we have a difficult time putting ourselves in the midst of them. And so even though this is going to be a strange thing to do for an audio recording, I would like to just take a moment for some space and silence and imaginative contemplation. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to reread this passage. And I'd like for you, as I do, to consider what we traditionally know as the five senses. Sight, touch, taste, smell, and hearing. And I want you to put yourself in the sandals of one of the lepers. Or maybe put yourself in the sandal of Jesus. But put yourself in the character of a story and imagine it through your whole senses as I reread this now. And then I'll leave a little bit of silence after I'm finished for you to, to prayerfully think about it. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? 
Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. As you put yourself in the shoes of those lepers, what did you notice the second time around that you didn't the first? For me, it was that their cry was not of warning for leprosy. Their cry was for help. They were very aware of their situation. And they were very aware of who Jesus was. And these two things met in this moment. And they knew that Jesus would be able to to heal them. And so they reached out for him as only they could with their voices. And it says that they were shouting from a distance. Jesus was on the road. They were clearly not. And yet Jesus sees them and we don't know if this was a situation where Jesus walked over to them, if this was a situation where Jesus shouted at them from afar. But one way or another, the message gets to them that they need to go and present themselves to the priests. This in and of itself is an act of faith because when Jesus said this, they hadn't been healed. It was on the way that they were healed. And then one comes back out of the ten. In this story, we see people reach out in faith and respond with gratitude. This is a great pattern for how to live a life of faith as a follower of Jesus. There was a, I think it was Depeche Mode song in the 80s called Your Own Personal Jesus. And it said, there's a little refrain in it that said, reach out and touch faith. And I don't know about the rest of the song, but I know that part's pretty, pretty spot on. Because there's two big moments of faith here, one right after the other. One is when Jesus tells, that when they cry out for Jesus, and the other is when they have to set off for town 
for the local priests and rabbis without being healed. They have to have faith that Jesus is who he says he is and that his promises are going to come true if they do what he says. And in any time in our lives as followers of Jesus, that's a tall order. Jesus is in control of this world, but it doesn't always seem that way. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, the crucified, resurrected, and ascended Jesus. And he is Lord. Yes, but also not yet. And it's the not yet that's difficult to live with, isn't it? It's the not yet. Those things where, and places where, where Jesus' lordship is not recognized. Where the world has not yet been set right. And we see it very clearly all the time, and not just right now. People ask questions after natural disasters, after people die too young. Any variety of, of disappointments in life causes to question, is this all real? And I can stand and, and give you historical evidence and documentation for who Jesus is. And I can make grand arguments from science and philosophy and morality about the realness of God. But sometimes just like these lepers... We have to pack all that in and follow. Following Jesus at some point beyond the intellect, beyond objections, beyond fear, requires faith. And that's what we have to do. We live now in the Lordship of Christ. And we move in faith in the times that that's unclear. And we see that Jesus' promises are true even when they're not fulfilled in the way that we're expecting. The lepers, by this point, may well have heard about Jesus touching people and healing people. That, that Jesus has, by this point, laid hands on people and touched their eyes, and uh, a lady grabbed the, the bottom of his robe, and she was healed. And even as Jesus was walking to the house of a dead girl, Jesus said, she's not dead, and she was alive. Luke 
Luke's gospel is all about expectations being turned upside down. And when we follow in faith, our expectations get turned upside down. And we see God working in ways that we didn't expect. And we see Jesus' lordship come out in ways that we weren't anticipating. And then we turn to how do we respond? Because 10 men, Jesus rightly points out at the end of this passage, were were healed of their leprosy. Jesus knew as they walked along or ran along or sauntered, I don't know exactly the, the pace that they were going, what their physical fitness level was, but... He knew as they were going, they were being healed. And yet here is one man. And I had never thought about this until this week. But you know, he wasn't paying attention to Jesus' directions. It didn't say that there's nothing in this. I've read this passage so many times, and I never caught this. He never makes it to the, the priest's. He never makes it to do the things that he needs to do to show that he doesn't have leprosy anymore. He sees that he is healed of his leprosy and bolts back to thank Jesus. Isn't that remarkable? He was so excited, he didn't even follow Jesus' directions. He just wanted to thank Jesus. And the other nine guys, they're meandering their way, hobbling, however, to to show themselves to the priests. And here's this other guy who turns and runs the other direction. And imagine being one of those other nine fellows, and you go, well, where's that bloke going? And it doesn't make sense to you, but nine people kept going, one turned back. So he turns back, and we ask, why did this one man turn back? Because this one man was more isolated than the rest of them. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. The first thing that happens after Jesus decides, I am going to go to Jerusalem, is that a Samaritan village rejects him because he's going to Jerusalem and his, his disciples want to call down fire from heaven to burn up the village. These were sharks and the jets. They were uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox. They were the patriots and everybody who hates the patriots. <laughs> and, and they... They didn't get along at all. And so here's this Samaritan in the midst of, we presume, nine other Jewish lepers. They kept going. The Samaritan 
went back to Jesus. They went ahead and did what they knew they were supposed to do, which is okay. Jesus doesn't condemn them for that. But he does ask why they didn't come back for gratitude. Whereas the Samaritan, who had so much that he was isolated from, a different family, a different way of life. Yes, the Samaritans and Jews were shared an ancient connection, but by that point, they were two very different racial groups. So here this guy comes back for gratitude. And it tells us a couple of things. We as followers of Jesus, who have been followers of Jesus for a while, unfortunately can easily fall out of the practice of gratitude to God. Oh, it's so easy to do. And the one that gets me, the one that I'm really like, has hit home for me this week as, as, I, uh, as I've thought about all this, has been that little prayer you say before meals. Growing up, it was, God is great, God is good, thank you, Lord, for this food, amen, it almost rhymes. And then if you forgot to pray before the meal, you could say, God is good, God is great, thank you for the food we ate, and that rhymes better and, and works out. But some point along the way in my adulthood, I, I stopped doing that because I was like, oh, this is just a token thing. This is just a, a token, like, oh, thank you, Lord, whatever. Let's have a burger or whatever other unhealthy thing I'm consuming. And I realize now, every good and perfect gift comes from God. And even the fact that somebody prepared a meal for me is a good thing. Even if I you know, paid them to do it. The blessing of sitting around the table with people I love is a good thing that I need to be thankful for. Those clear days that we've been having recently where you come to the top of Singer Hill and you can see all the mountains, boy, that's something to be thankful for. Gratitude leads us back to Jesus every time. And as people who follow Jesus, we need to be especially sure we are grateful. We also need to be cognizant of the people who are the most grateful because they're the ones who are the most isolated. The people who have been forgiven much rejoice much when they're forgiven 
the people who have little rejoice the most when they have enough. And so when we're being followers of Jesus, and if we want to follow Jesus, I think an appropriate prayer to to step off on that road is thank you, Lord. It points you directly back to Jesus. That's what the the Samaritan leper's prayer was, was praise God, and he falls at Jesus' feet. And sometimes it's good, wherever you are in your walk with Jesus. At the beginning, the middle, the end, watching from the sideline. Wherever you are, thank you, Lord. Always will take you back to the heart of Jesus. No matter how far you've been away, it always brings you home. And so you put it all together, and we live in faith. We we move in faith in Jesus, and we respond with gratitude. It's kind of a two-part thing. One looks forward. The other looks back. C.S. Lewis, in his autobiography, Surprised by Joy, talks about the first time that he got off the train at Oxford. And Oxford is a beautiful town. It's an old town. You know, the oldest stuff that we've got in, in the United States is a few hundred years old. Oxford is, is a thousand or more years old. And the, the college is known for its grand architecture, for its spires and its, its towers and its beauty. And it is beautiful. But Lewis got off the train, and he didn't see towers and spires. And in fact, what he thought, what he kind of saw was, was drab and, and kind of ugly. And he set off walking and realized quickly that he wasn't going towards Oxford. And he turned around, and he saw the spires. And he saw the beauty of of Oxford. And he said that he immediately saw that as his his walk towards Jesus. That he had been going in the wrong direction and he turned around and saw where he wanted to go and his heart was filled with gratitude. And so he set off in the direction of Oxford. May we walk with Jesus in faith wherever that leads us. And may we never be afraid to fall at Jesus' feet and say, thank you, Lord. Amen. We are grateful that you have worshipped with us this morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this. We'd like to thank our sound engineer, Gary Hunley, and his assistant, Doreen Hunley. We would also like to thank Katie Witham for moral support and coffee provisions. When we are... When we are able to meet again, we will be here at 10.30 on Sunday mornings. And until then, in these times, remember three things. Love God, love your neighbor, and wash your hands. Amen.